Welcome to Conversations with Leaders. My name is Miriam McLemore and I'm an enterprise strategist with AWS. Today I have the great privilege to have Michelle McKenna, the CIO of the NFL. Football is a passion of mine. So it was great to have the opportunity to speak with her about next-gen stats, the virtual draft, and their new project, The Digital Athlete. Michelle, could you please introduce yourself? Hi, yes, I'm Michelle McKenna, and I am the Chief Information Officer at the NFL. Thanks for having me. Just thrilled to have you on um, our show with us, and thank you so much for taking the time. Michelle, what a cool position that you have being part of the NFL. I'm a, I'm a football fan myself. I have a son who played college football as well. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be with the NFL? Yeah, I'm a big football fan as well. Um, I was raised in the South where football is pretty much a religion um, and you choose sides early. And so football has been part of my life uh, for as long as I can remember and my Love of working in it became uh, evident when I was in college, um, but it took me a little while to make it to the NFL. I worked uh, many years, um, 14 years for the Walt Disney Company in a variety of positions, ultimately um, doing technology for Walt Disney World. Uh, and then Universal Studios, where I was part of the launch team for the Wizarding World of Harry Potter and then ultimately uh, landed my uh, dream job here in sports uh, at you know the NFL, and it, it is. It's a cool job, and it's, it's just great to be able to compi combine your passion with your career. Absolutely, and I've, I've seen your previous adventure with Harry Potter in the Wizarding World, so what a, what a great um, career you have had. Yeah, my kid, my yeah, my kids uh, joke a lot about the fact that um, they were both born while uh, I worked at Disney, and they uh, went through that whole phase. And then around the time they were teenagers, I went to Universal, and they were into Harry Potter, and um, they're huge football fans. So uh, while I haven't been a stay-at-home mom and have not always been there for you know pick up after school. Uh, they certainly have enjoyed the perks of having a mom that's worked some cool places. Absolutely. That's, that's awesome. I have uh, kids as well. And my son recently, uh, my youngest, started at UGA. Oh. And his uh, roommate looked, him, looked me up and said, well, your mom's a badass. I said, well. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure you absolutely must get that response from your, your children's friends. <laughs> Uh, so, Michelle, technology is changing the NFL and all sports. Can you share a little bit about the, the focus that um, you have for your team and the technology for the game? Yeah, you're right. Uh, tech is you know, obviously touching every part of the world, and sports is no exception. Um, I do believe that you know, sports is one place, though, where... Uh, you can see it at play and see it come to life in ways that you might not see in banking or, or other industries. And so uh, from the time I joined the NFL in 2012, um, I was the first CIO that the NFL had hired. And I think at that time they were really starting to think about uh, technology that needed to be more strategically positioned within the organization, um, as well as uh, linking uh, all of the 
types of functions across the league from what happens on the field to uh, what type of partnership agreements we go into to how we negotiate new deals with our broadcasters. Um, tech and data in particularly um, is a big part of it. And so uh, my focus for my team since I arrived was to make sure that we didn't have silos where um, things couldn't live together and we could draw the right kinds of insights and you know just make our game uh, better, make it uh, safer, uh, make it accessible by as many as fans as possible. And so much of that uh, lives on a tech backbone that um, the first thing was really to make sure that the team got engaged and included in all the right places and then um, begin delivering on those um, promises so that you keep getting asked back to the table. Yeah, it's fascinating. You mentioned data science. I had had the opportunity to interact with the Formula One crowd and obviously driving those race cars um, relies on all sorts of data. Yes. And I'm excited to see that in football. Yes. Right. And the, the feedback you can get on the players, the the um, plays that you run, the defense, all, all aspects of the game. Is data science a key focus for, for your team? Well, yeah, you know, if you think about um, really the fundamentals of the basic base of our game are game statistics. And so even before there was a thing called big data or before there was something called data science or before stuff lived in the cloud, you know, the NFL was collecting stats on players and what they did uh, since the beginning of the game over 100 years ago. And really the smartest coaches and the best players were really those who could look at their stats, look at their opponent's stats, um, you know, diagram out their plays and what the um, offense or defense uh, opponent might be doing. And so... It's always been a fundamental part of our business, which was great because I didn't have to sort of convince anybody that data science was important. Um, the biggest thing was to say there might be a new way of doing it and it might not all be with the human eye and how can we um, bring about new changes in technology to forge ahead with data science in many new ways, certainly helping our teams prepare, helping our athletes be the best they can be um, but also keeping them as safe as possible is where um, data science is really coming into play. And, you know, as a mother of a college football player, I certainly um, very much appreciate the safety aspect of the game. Uh, and having data, you know, it's past just watching film and actually being able to, to do deep analysis. So... Uh, I've really enjoyed the next-gen stats that you mentioned. Can you tell us a little bit of the background of how that came to be a program? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was really born out of the fact that, um, again, we, we have collected stats, um, you know, in our traditional manner for many, many years. But our fans' demand for, with the, you know, rise of things like playing fantasy um, uh, online, has been, you know, our fans want to know more stats, and we looked at a way we could more visually demonstrate or show uh, stats that augmented the broadcast. And so that was really the first idea was, could we do something cool 
that we could track players' movements on the field that then could get rendered into something cool that a fan could consume or a broadcaster could put on their broadcast. Um, but it moved very quickly once we determined the power of all the data uh, to a very key um, source for all our teams is they now get all of that data, all that um, coordination data around where players are and what they do on the field, and they, they plug that into their own magic sauce and their club to help them prepare for opponents and you know continue to teach um, skill positions um, by showing you know, this kind of statistical, graphical representation of stats overlaid on top of their video. So it's become quite powerful for uh, something our fans love and enjoy, but uh, something that uh, certainly our, our clubs uh, are using to prepare weekly for games. Yeah, absolutely. I love your, your analogy of, you know, the online um, games and how that that translated, especially with the younger fan base who's grown up, you know, experiencing the game in both forms, online as an athlete potentially and and on television. So, you know, it's kind of blurring those worlds. It's funny, I was listening to a story about one of the, the race car drivers that actually started his career, you know, racing cars in a simulator and online before he could afford, you know, to get into the game. So. It's fascinating how our worlds are coming together. Yeah. Who, who championed the idea of next-gen stats at the NFL? You know what was great is that it, it was born out of the business um, and our business development team um, and our you know, broadcast uh, team led by Hans Schroeder uh, was really working on any kind of new products that might augment the, the broadcast. And... That's where it was born, um, and then we were able to, um, and that was before I joined the NFL, so the idea had been worked on for quite a few uh, years um, as an idea and as um, something that we wanted to do, but you know, all the technology had not really gotten enabled until you know, really 2011, and then right around the time when I joined 2012, um, and it really took off. And then our ability um, to, you know, we put it all on the Amazon platform and our ability to be able to distribute it um, as easily to all of our clubs. And once that sort of took hold, it became part of our DNA, not just a, a, a cool fan product that, you know, you were able to, to put online or put in a broadcast. So I love, you know, that's one of the, I think, the the part I enjoy about my job most is when I can partner with a business um, partner who has an idea that needs to take it from you know early stage to full implementation and take it to a full wide scale deployment and being able to pair with them at the right moment is and there's been so many ones since so many more since then that that's what really makes my job fun and interesting are, th are these types of projects. I 100% agree with you because now, now you're packing the business, not just, you know, the back office of IT. So um, sounds like a, a great partnership. Were there detractors? Were there kind of an old school crowd? Because it was early, right? Y'all were pretty early on getting um, this capability. 
Yeah, no, for sure. Just change is always hard. Um, and, uh, you know, look, the the people who have been doing things a certain way for, for many years in any organization can be sort of stuck in their ways. Um, and so we're no exception to that. And, you know, one of the, I guess, the most exciting but also most stressful parts of my job is, you know, my clients are um, head coaches, uh, of, and they're, you know, they're not short on opinion and they're certainly not short on, um, you know, courage to tell you what they think. And so, you know, this was a little bit of moving their cheese because, you know, they thought this was data maybe they had always watched um, film for and collected. And now all of a sudden we were getting it off chips. And what does that mean? Does it mean a machine's taking the place of someone that I had actually doing this job. So, you know, we had to really show the value and the benefit. And, you know, we didn't make it uh, mandatory. Um, it, it was something that was built, our fans were loving. And then um, it took a little bit of time for both our competition committee to vote in how we would use it, and then for clubs to be able to understand how to consume it. So, you know, that's, that's pretty much been the case my entire career. Um, I've always been more of a change agent, um, and it's fun and exciting to do, um, but it also comes with, you know, just knowing that you have to approach each situation uh, with the right strategy based on that uh, use case and that client base. Well, talking about a fairly radical change, you guys took the draft to a remote, at-home, uh, great, I thought, experience to be in those head coaches' homes and seeing, you know, the draft in a whole different way. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how challenging that must have been yes. to switch gears so quickly and get those coaches on board? Yeah, no, it was, that was, uh, I think it'll go down as um, really, honestly, the highlight of my career, even though, you know, Standing there that day, we opened Wizarding World of Harry Potter with J.K. Rowling and her family was up there. But this was such an amazing thing to pull off, primarily because it had never been done. And we were, you know, all of a sudden thrust into the situation where we knew we, first of all, we wanted to make sure the players that were going to be the future stars of the NFL had a moment that was special and that we welcomed them to the NFL in the right way and didn't want them to feel like they missed out on something by the fact they didn't get to walk the red carpet. So we started thinking about how we would do it and it evolved from, well, we know we're going to have to do it from home uh, once we, we figured out what was really happening and uh, we designed these um, kits that much like the one you just sent me, um, we designed them with phones and light rings and microphones. And, you know, we had to speak to all the players and their families and get them on board um, because we also were going to have an always on camera with them. And that meant we were going to peeking into their living room at all times. So you had to sort of convince them that, you know, this is um, that this is going to be fun and that you're going to want to be a part of it. Um, and the players were much easier to convince. Now, our coaches and our general managers, um, you know, some were right on board right away and said, hey, we get it. We know we've got to set up a remote war room in our uh, homes and, um, 
And then others just were not happy about it. So it was definitely a moment of I had, you know, 32 individual phone calls um, with the tech teams <laughs> and every head coach and every GM to walk them through what the process was going to be and how the draft was going to work and how the technology was going to work. And we walked through every backup plan and, um, you know, we drilled it all and then we crossed our fingers and hoped for the best. And um, I think one of the best things that came out of it was we just rolled with the fact that it wasn't gonna be super high quality production. It was gonna feel real and uh, more intimate in a way that we'd ever felt. And um, I think that's how it turned out. And uh, I was very proud of the work um, that the team here at the NFL did. For the draft. Yeah, I know my family and friends as fans of the NFL certainly enjoyed the opportunity to get into the coaches and GMs and players' homes. I thought it was very unique. You know, we've seen uh, the theater industry and the music industry, you know, create some similar, you know, remote events. Um, but I, I thought it was a great experience. Do you think it's going to impact drafts in the future? Yeah, I do. I, I think if you think about um, what normally would happen is um, the commissioner would be able to welcome a handful of players personally because those were the ones that were invited to be in the green room and be uh, on the draft stage. I think that kind of thing will continue because we really do love to do that. But the fact that he was able to greet uh, almost every single person drafted that night and the following days of the draft through technology um, made it very special for him and for those players that he would not have gotten a chance to speak to. Uh, and then leading up to the draft, um, we had a few phone calls um, with uh, the commissioner, our head of football ops, and the players. And so by the time the draft came, it sort of felt like they were already part of our family. So I, I can imagine that some elements of that will, con con will continue. And they, you know, even some of the biggest detractors from the idea of doing it at home uh, initially were the GMs. And I thought, as you said, seeing them with their families and their kids, um, they love the fact that they're often away from their families doing their job and the fact they were able to bring them into it in such a unique way. I can imagine that um, that type, type of thing might continue as well um, because it was so you know, satisfying for them um, to, to do it that way. Yeah, and I think you used the right word. It, it was very real, right? It made these people that you only see, you know, in their boxes or on the sidelines. It made them um, a little bit more real, I think, to the fans. Yeah, I mean, I get to know them, you know, working here and those of us who, but most people just don't, you know, first of all, know how much work goes into um, it all. And it, it was, I know there were, we were worried about because we had seen a few things done leading up to the draft but none of the things that had been done were live. So one of the hardest things was being a big air traffic controller, basically, of all these feeds. So we had, you know, hundreds of feeds. We had two feeds from 
all of the players' homes over, uh, you know, 100 player feeds. And then we had every coach and every GM feeds. And then we had feeds from fans. And I, as an IT person, you know, I'm used to making sure technology goes well, but I've certainly never been a, a producer of a show. And to have, you know, an earpiece in with actually, you know, sort of trafficking, yeah, we're going to this shot next and that shot next. Uh, it was an adrenaline, like nothing I've ever felt. And after it was all said and done, the executive producer um, at ESPN that did the draft said, all right, Michelle, too bad for you. You're hooked now. This is what we live for. <laughs> so, but I hope to not have to repeat that uh, anytime soon, but it was an amazing experience. Wow. What a, I hadn't even thought about all those aspects that you just described and the the amount of juggling to to get everyone um, the right experience. It's um, very impressive. And, and from a fan view, looked great and real, right? Not, not too polished. Good. Uh, so I thought absolutely terrific. You know, many leaders in, in the business world today, not maybe juggling something quite that massive, but juggling meetings and customer events and their own teams, you know, that are, some are remote, some are, might be back in an office or together. Any advice that you would have after some of the experiences you've had for other leaders who are trying to, to juggle this world of, of working remote but wanting to connect and, and create real experiences? Yeah, I think the, the most important thing is don't ever you lose the human element. Um, even though you might not be face-to-face, uh, -face, um, having uh, those conversations with people um, about what they're going through and just hanging on to that and making sure it never becomes about the technology. I mean, the technology is an enabler of connections between people right now, and that's what it should stay. And we shouldn't be constantly talking about the tech. So my, you know, it's for, for someone that's a tech person, I certainly want to make sure that always works. And I have a great team of people who um, have become, you know, they've trained more people on how to do all of this stuff than they normally would have. Um, but at the same time, I just say, you know, keep the human connection going. And you're watching uh, a group of either customers or employees that work for you, and you see that they're struggling, and you see their cameras coming on and off, and they're muting and unmuting, and then you hear a kid crying in the background. You know, I try to call back that person later and say, look, you know, don't, don't try to hide the fact that you've got kids running around behind you. We know you do. Uh, put them on camera if they want to be on camera. It, it'll help lighten the mood. And um, we just have had to learn to, I think, be much more accepting. And this has been hard for the NFL because we like to be so buttoned up and super polished and nothing ever goes wrong. Um, in, in a technical perspective, we've had to just roll with it. And that means uh, roll with it and, you know, not lower your expectations, but at the same time, keep your priorities straight about what really matters. Absolutely. And, and Michelle, you've been a driver of innovation at Disney and now at the the NFL. And I, I think one of your pieces of advice is, you know, keep the 
the tech at a level that can be consumed by by your business um, peers. Are there other pieces of advice that you have when you're trying to drive this level of innovation? Yeah, I think you can always have your long-term roadmap and your big vision, because if you don't, you really don't know where you're headed. But if you try to bite it off in you know, one big chunk, um, you, you know, it's, it's sure to take too long to deliver and be too expensive. So one thing is, you know, I always try to, um, if we're going to undertake something like we're undertaking uh, with AWS and our digital athlete, we have a very, very bold vision for what that can be. But we really do have to keep it in parts and phases to deliver value very quickly because A, you want the funding to continue and B, you want the organizational support to stay there with you uh, from the business side. So um, that that's really one that's sort of fundamental to managing any project, whether it's building a building or, or uh, deploying technology. But then secondarily, um, I think the the people that consume and use technology today are more comfortable with it than ever before. And so I always tell my engineers, please don't talk down to our business partners. Uh, don't talk about something in a bunch of terminology that doesn't make sense. You know, using words, you know, artificial intelligence and machine learning, you know, those are all things that mean something to you because you're an engineer, but try explaining what the machine learning actually is doing. You know, it's taking data, it's observing things, it's building hypotheses, and then over time you're either proving or disproving and the, the computer can get smart enough and learn with a machine to actually help make decisions. And, and once you do things like that to your business, they get it and they're not, it's not a black box. So um, that's why I'm, I'm not a traditional, um, IT in the black box and you know only IT people get to see inside the box. I love working with uh, Amazon because they've been give, they've given us the ability to spin up you know little boxes for our business to play around in. Like look, I, I want you to go try to prove your own theories. Um, you're smart. Um, you know your business better than me. And then when we need to scale it across the organization, um, that's where I step in and help. Um, so those are some little pieces of advice for how to make sure you get a seat at the table, uh, become a strategic partner, and get to keep your seat at the table. Michelle, I love your advice of partnering with your business teams. I came from a business function into my role in IT, and I, I didn't like it when I was told I'm not supposed to understand the technology um, so th I think plain speaking about technology, putting it in business terms is absolutely the right approach. Can you tell us, you mentioned digital athlete. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? It sounds exciting and we, I know everyone would love to know a bit more. Yes. Yeah, so as we've been talking about um, the importance of data, um, how we consume this data, um, the emerging technologies like uh, computer vision where the computer uh, can see things and detect patterns. You can apply artificial intelligence to decision making and, and feed models into um, amazing uh, machine learning platforms. One of the 
biggest places we wanted to do all those things is uh, around the health and wellness uh, of our athletes. And when you think about the number of uh, reps they might have on the field or the type of injuries they might have, um, I am certain that there are ways that we could um, not only predict but prevent injuries if we were to know more about you know, the field uh, that they're playing on, the type of equipment that they are wearing, uh, tying this all together to make a really smart model to make sure our athletes have a, a long and healthy career uh, in the NFL. And so out of that desire, um, we began to really look for a partner um, to help us get there. And one of the things about working at the NFL is that you do get to attract sort of the best partners in the world. And, and we have been very fortunate to be able to partner with AWS on many uh, fronts. Uh, NextGen Stats is one. But um, working with Amazon to help deliver this digital athlete um, is going to be a very big step in really the longevity of our game. Um, and so it's at its most foundational, some of the most exciting work that we're doing here at the league. And um, we've just launched and we're in our early phases. Um, the data is in a lot of different places. So one of, the, one of the first steps is getting it all to a place where it can be analyzed and reported on. And, um, and so we've, we've begun an engagement and uh, we announced it uh, a few months ago. And so it's, it's very exciting work. Michelle, it sounds like you've had a fascinating career at the NFL and I'm very excited to hear more about the digital athlete. Hopefully, as we get the season started in the not too distant future, uh, we'll be able to see a bit more. We just want to thank you again for your time and sharing the aspects of your very interesting career at the NFL. Well, thank you so much for having me. I love talking about the NFL, so anytime.